Thank you for tuning in to the First Gen Hunter Podcast, the go-to resource for those seeking to establish a foundation in hunting knowledge, skills, and tactics. that time first gen fam yep one of the best parts of the week part of the week where i put on the finishing touches get everything all loaded up and ready to be dropped for your early morning consumption every single thursday i hope you're looking forward to it i hope it's well worth your time well right now you're probably driving to work sorry i know tough subject but the weekend's coming and you probably have that same longing for the tree stand that I do about this time of the week. Hey, speaking of longing for the tree stand, I haven't technically gotten into my tree stand yet this hunting season, but I've gone deer hunting three times already, and all these excellent guests we've had on the show, it's paying off, at least for me, two out of my three hunts I've seen deer. I'm seeing more deer already this year based on a lot of stuff that I've been applying from the podcast that we've had, and I hope the same thing is happening for you. Well, today's episode, episode 22 of the First Gen Hunter podcast, the old double deuces, we are talking with Mark Norquist of Modern Carnivore. Mark's mission at Modern Carnivore is all about helping people find their way into the great outdoors and helping them get established for the long run. And that's what today's conversation is centered on. Of course, we will have the usual tip of the day, updates from Brandon and the Hunt Fish Life team, as well as a rundown on Mark's own 2020 hunting plans. So, ease on back in the driver's seat and start thinking about who you can bring along in the field with you in the future. Brandon, why are you so late tonight? Well, you know, had the opportunity to to take someone hunting, you know, and that's, you know, one of the things that we are all about and uh, a lot about, you know, what even tonight's episode is about, but, you know, just awesome to get someone out there and, you know, it, it's great when you, when you get someone, you, know, you kind of hear the, the, the mindset of, you know, someone who shares your values or, you know, you have shared values with someone or in an organization. And, you know, it's cool to get someone out there who's excited to learn. Um, you know, like we've talked about many times before, it's not, you know, just the harvest. It's not just the experience of, you know, taking an animal, you know, it's the whole experience of enjoying the outdoors. And, um, this gentleman that I was able to take out and it was his very first time ever going hunting. He's going through the hunter safety course, you know, he's, he's my age. So, you know, early to mid thirties, um, and, you know, basically just, you know, is excited to get into it. And, you know, it's kind of like anything else when you've been doing something for a long time, hunting in the outdoors is one of those things that, you know, really never gets old. But when you have someone who comes in and is excited, boy, it just amps you up even more. You know, you're like, wow, 
man, someone that's excited to get into it, someone that just wants to learn and wants to know about it. Doesn't, and isn't even really like, man, I have to shoot a deer right away. No, they're just like, man, let, I just want to learn. I want to enjoy the, the camaraderie, the brotherhood. And, you know, so I'm just pumped about that. So very excited to kind of start that process in the process of mentoring a couple guys this year, getting them into hunting for the first time. And so it's, uh, you know, not only is it awesome for them, it's awesome for me. And, you know, it helps me enjoy it that much more. So excited to see where the season leads and hopefully we'll have a little bit of success down the road. Man, that's a good reason to be late. You know, sometimes yes. <laughs> as a teacher, I got a kid that'll come walking in late, you know, and you're just like ready to be like, oh, that's a tardy. And then they give you this really right, good reason right. and you're like, oh, okay. So if you said, no, that, I, I guess if he was late, if I, he was late I, early in the day, he, he might say he was deer hunting. Then you'd have to excuse him. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Can't fault you there, kid. No, I, I knew why you, I knew why you were tied up tonight. And that is a very good reason. That is what first gen hunter is all about getting people out there and uh, mm-hmm. just finding that enjoyment that that you and I have found and, and countless other mm-hmm. hunters out there have found. And uh, so yes. I, I couldn't be happier, man. That is, that is yeah. fantastic. And we have somebody else on the line who I'm sure loves that story because he has literally made his life mission all about showing people not just how to get into hunting, but to get into the outdoors and to make a real personal connection with that. And that is Mr. Mark Norquist from Modern Carnivore. Mark, thanks so much for coming on the show tonight. Hey, thanks for having me on the show, Kent. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, Brandon, uh, great to meet you. Yes, great to meet you, sir. Yeah, this is is my co-host, Brandon Martin. He is from Hunt Fish Life out in Delaware, the sleeper buck state of Delaware people. Don't say, don't say <laughs> we didn't right. tell you. Uh, but yeah, he, he runs a channel over there that celebrates all the good things about the outdoors and creates a platform really for um, the everyday, the everyday uh, um, man or woman who loves to be outside to share what's going on and, and through their eyes in the outdoors and, and, um, any uh, updates with that, Brandon, over at Hunt Fish Life? I mean, you know, we've just got some exciting things going on with just, you know, future travel plans, you know, with with some hunts, you know, just, you know, right now kind of really focused on the mentorship side of things, you know, just building, uh, you know, some, you know, just tips of the day and different things that we're working on in the backdrop of Hunt Fish Life and um, ultimately just trying to celebrate, like we say, everything that has to do with hunting and fishing and enjoying that brotherhood and sisterhood of the great outdoors and just building that camaraderie and you know that's what we're making good headway towards that and uh just excited to be able to you know kick off you know more more so of the season you know in delaware you know as most people know we started september 1st and then a lot of other places you know starting around october 1st so i mean here we are you know early october and it's just you know my brother you know out in missouri i admit it was ch- chatting with him a little bit before the you know chatting with you guys about him a little before the show he was able to just catch a couple monsters you know just connect for uh just a just a hardcore battle you know and this happened a couple of days ago you know late september um and just going at it hardcore and so it was just really cool to see and i know we've had a couple kind of nice cool fronts come through in our area and i know that i believe the midwest has been the same and so i'm just excited yeah. to you know it's what we all look forward to this time of year and just man feel you feel like you're you know the the kid before christmas you know christmas eve and you're just just amped up you know 
Oh, yes. Yep, yep. <laughs> we finally opened here in the Midwest yesterday. I think yes. I think things have been opened up for a few weeks up Mark's way, but I think pretty much the whole country now is is uh yeah. having a crack at deer season. So, yes. yeah, that's that's awesome. Well, uh Mark here, as I said, is from Modern Carnivore, and what I think is unique about Mark is he is an others-focused person, and here's my personal story for that. Uh, I am one of those people I've admitted to it before on here where, you know, I'm trying to make connections with other people in the outdoor world. Again, didn't grow up in it. So other than, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the fishing and the backpacking, that kind of thing, of course, but but as far as connecting with other hunters, you know, I've, I've had to do a lot of that, uh, on my own. And so, uh, I send out, you know, these connections on, uh, LinkedIn, I think is what they're called or friend requests. And Mark was not only kind enough to respond to this random stranger, but he sent me an email and said, hey, I checked out your stuff. Looks similar to what I, what my mission is over here at Modern Carnivore. Let's talk sometime. Nice. And yeah, yeah, super nice guy and and um, just, just all about helping others. And we had an excellent conversation, and he helped me out with a lot of things, and we truly share the the same uh same vision here same same mission so i thought it'd be excellent mm-hmm. to bring uh mark onto the show and have him kind of share his his um his uh uh mission there at modern carnivore and how mm-hmm. he's helping truly the outdoor world so mark i I do want to thank you again for giving us your time this evening and um you know kind of just to to start things out i want to establish for our listeners how your life has really been marked by the outdoors and i think the best place to start with that is how did you get your own start as an outdoorsman yeah really really good question kent um so i'm i'm your typical traditional story of the late part of the of the 20th century i guess of mm-hmm. my dad did it so i sure. grew up doing it um so i grew up in minnesota um hunting and fishing whenever we could with my two brothers mm-hmm. and my dad mm-hmm. uh, and there was there was a season for everything outdoors um you know in in the summer you were out fishing in the fall you went hunting in the winter you went ice fishing and in the spring you got ready to start everything all over again <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. and uh so yeah it's just always been a part of my life and my lifestyle and an important part of it yeah. and um and so that's why you know when i was when i was became an adult it, it became important to say hey how do how do we get more people to appreciate and understand how great this this experience can be but I consider myself very much a generalist uh, when it sure. comes to the outdoors. I like doing it all. Um, mm. And I, I, I love seeing when people really dive deep into specific areas. Either they're a big duck hunter or they like going out west for big game or mm-hmm. they are just archery going after whitetail, any number mm-hmm. of different and I think that is great. But I, I myself personally am, am very much a, a generalist. Sure, sure. Yeah, I would I would classify myself probably as a generalist, but I I, I can't lie. Whitetails are my favorite. I I do love uh, chasing those big old Iowa bucks around. No, that's 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 awesome. You know, I'm I'm guessing that I think most hunters, you know, whether they like you said have that classic kind of uh, you know, my grandfather took my dad hunting, then my dad took me hunting, you know, that generational tradition. Um 
I think we all still have kind of a, a key mentor in our, I don't know, should we say upbringing or development maybe as a hunter. Did you have a kind of a key mentor that, that brought you along? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was definitely my dad. Um, my old, my older brother is six years older than me. So there were definitely things I learned from him along the way. But if there was one person that I could, that I could look to as, as who, who really influenced me in, in, in the most, uh, in in the most, it it would be Mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, he passed away when I was relatively young, when I was, when I was 19 mm-hmm. and, uh, which, which is, that. yeah, which is pretty sad when you think about, you know, all the years that we could have had, uh, sure. being out there with him, but, uh, it made its mark even, in, even, uh, in those short years yeah. of where I said, you know, actually uh, both my brothers and I, and, and all of our families, uh, hunting and fishing is, is very much a part of our lifestyle and and something that's very important to us. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I think it's so cool how, um, um, fathers and, and not just sons, daughters too, you know, they can really form that, that tight bond through the outdoors. I know that definitely happened with me and and my dad, although, you know, I, I didn't grow up hunting, my dad was great about taking me fishing and hiking and, and backpacking and, you know, canoeing up in the boundary water area and, and uh, out west on trips. And so some of my best <laughs> memories growing up are with my dad doing those things, you know, and certainly showing me that adventure in the outdoors ultimately mm-hmm. led, led me to doing the thing I love doing the most, which is being out in the woods hunting. So that's yep. that's that's really a special thing well something before we move on from this something that i think <clears throat> happens to all of us should we, should we call ourselves lifers <laughs> you know guys that once they <laughs> once they uh get get the bug they have it for life um we we as outdoorsmen we don't really like to talk about our our feelings very much except for when we miss the biggest buck of our lives then we talk about how we cried and wailed and and uh, rolled around <laughs> on the ground and kicked our feet and everything else but i i think there's something to people who get hooked on hunting that like deep down inside there's like i don't know if we can call it maybe like a a primal or primitive drive or connection that you feel when i mean i mean there's just something different about when you step onto the step onto the landscape and you know i like to say you know you're playing for keeps you know you're a predator at this point you're or or you're a carnivore you know like a modern yeah. carnivore uh, do, do you feel like that's that's something that happens to people who stick around for the long run yeah i mean i i think definitely i guess the, the way i look at it is there are so many years that go into our history that are that are dedicated to us being hunters sure and it's only in a very short blink of an eye in recent years when we have gotten away from it you know even 150 years ago there was a very significant part of the population that was um that was is hunting and gathering for daily life not for sport and I think it's genetically encoded in us very deep. And I think we can 
uh, innovate all the technologies we want. We can modernize our lifestyles and, and create insulation between us and the natural world yes. that makes things easier, that makes mm -hmm. life supposedly more pleasurable. And I think there is such encoding in our DNA uh, that says when we get people out there, when you get out there and you experience that, you realize how great it is. And I believe also the longer you live, if you don't experience that, you'll have a yearning for it hmm. because it's core to who we are as humans. Yeah. And yeah. I've seen that switch flip with people, and I'm sure you guys have too, of where somebody finally gets it and the light bulb goes on. And maybe, yep. it's, maybe it's right away, like with your, your guy you took out tonight, maybe it's months later where suddenly they go, ah, I get it now. Yeah, I, yeah. Either either they understand yep. it or they appreciate it in a way that they yeah. couldn't have understood previously. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that that's a great point you made there because, you know, I think some people they do have to kind of stick with it for a little bit, you know, in order to to reach that, to, like you just said, to really get it to say, oh, okay, yeah, now I see why you uh <laughs> you love to do this all the time, and so I I think that that's a really important thing for new hunters to kind of keep in their mind if at first they're not feeling like wow this is I, you know brandon over here he's dragging me out to this tree stand and he thinks this is the world's greatest <laughs> thing and i guess it's okay you know yeah just yeah. Give, give it some time because I, I think what mark said there is is true i think uh you know, once you have that exposure long enough and 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 um you, you kind of see all the pieces start to fit together um it'll make more sense to you and you'll, you'll feel that connection eventually. So yeah, I think that's a great, a great point. So, well, let's go ahead then Mark and let's just, let's dive right into uh, what, what is going on over at modern carnivore. I know you guys have been around for a while and just a lot of tremendous work done through modern carnivore over the past. Uh, how, how many years is, has modern carnivore been around? Yeah, you know, I created modern carnivore almost 10 years ago. Okay. Uh, at this at this point and it's had different iterations and in, in, during its uh, evolution uh but uh but yeah that that's when we started and um and uh you know it's it's stayed pretty true to to what the mission is uh and so yeah 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 that's great um i mean we've kind of talked about it a little bit here but but just so people understand where we're coming from and this goes for first gen hunter and and for you know what's going on at hunt fish life as well why do we why do guys like us care about engaging new hunters why why do why do we feel that's important you know i look at it from from two sides one more um emotional illogical one more practical sure um and and uh the practical side is that we are in dramatic decline in participation mm. when it comes to hunting. Mm. Uh, we're seeing little blips here this year, this year of yeah. uh, the upside of COVID, which is people don't have all these other distractions and, and full schedules in yep. life. And so they're actually getting back to things like fishing and hunting. And I've been curious as to whether hunting would show that, but our, our uh, early, our, our archery season deer, uh, license sales uh, data just came out the other day are up 20% here in Minnesota, which wow, is which that's, that's tremendous. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we had, we had, you know, we used to have about 
15 you know million hunters in 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 the u.s and we're we're down dramatically from that and we're probably at about four percent of the population now okay and and um that's that's in decline when you look at both the real numbers that are in decline but then also as as the population grows we become a, a more fractional percentage and so mm-hmm. from a practical standpoint um you know if you become that marginalized you're not going to have as much say on things in the future and also it's a you know hunting and fishing licenses are some of the primary drivers of conservation yes. funding America. Right. Yeah. And uh and so we're we're looking at a conservation problem on top of it. So those are the practical reasons why. The the other side of the coin though is that um like we just talked about a few minutes ago, I believe hunting is so ingrained into our into our DNA and it's something we should be doing and I want to see those traditions continue uh yeah. so that people can understand how great it can be. And, and that's a challenge because yeah. like mm-hmm. you said, Kent, a few minutes ago, you know, uh, Brandon taking, taking this new person out. Um, and you know, you're getting up in a deer stand and it's cold and it's dark and this is supposed to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. This is a long game and, and that's yeah. a challenge in a, in a culture and a society that now is very much, uh, here and now I give yes. me my, mm-hmm. my, my positive reinforcement immediately. Yes. Yeah. And so there are a lot of challenges with it, but again, I, I believe that uh, I believe that we have to stay connected to nature in ways that hunting and fishing can only do. And I think it, there's there's personal psychological benefits. I believe there's societal gain. I believe there mm. is environmental uh, positive things. I think when people are aware of and understand that to have healthy wildlife and fish, we need clean water. We need big open spaces. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are all good things. So yeah. those are, I guess that's, that's sort of the, the two sides of, of why I think it's important. Yeah. That's a, that's, that is a spot on, uh, representation <laughs> yeah. of how I feel. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. So, so let's, uh, Let's kind of talk about the carnivore side of the name, modern carnivore, which, by the way, um, we do want to take a chance or give you a chance here to kind of explain how people can can track modern carnivore down. But uh, I love the name and uh, the carnivore part. I, I think it's a clever name because it has two parts to it, I think. So when you think of that term carnivore, and I'm a, I'm a biology teacher, so, you know, we talk about some of these different, uh, you know, adaptations that organisms have. And uh, we definitely have a class of organisms that are obligate carnivores. And, of course, we as humans are, are omnivorous, meaning we, we eat both uh, plants and, and meat, but certainly... Um, I think we are built to do our best when we're putting meat as a regular part of our diet. And so the name carnivore, I think, is is clever because it reflects on that idea of a carnivore is something that is a predator, for one. So they're hunting, they're fishing. But it also brings up that food side that we were just ta- that I was just talking about. And a big part of what goes on at Modern Carnivore is not just getting people to go out and hunt and fish. It's also, hey, I caught this fish, or hey, I uh, 
shot this grouse or this you know, shot a deer or or uh, a, a, an elk or something now how can i build this deeper connection i guess um, by using this wild game and so I'm guessing that that deeper connection is kind of the reasoning behind why modern carnivore has focused so much on the food to kind of help people connect these dots from, from hunting to eating. Is that, is that a uh, accurate? Yeah, ab- absolutely. You know, it is, I, th- I think your, you, your, uh, your assessment of it is really, really spot on and, and good. Um, and it's, and it's very much, you know, the, the name when I came up with it was, was really, uh, it started when I was, I was doing a lot of work in the natural and organic foods industry. Uh, sure. I'm a marketer professionally and, um, and I was out in California at the, at this trade show called Expo West, which is all of the organic and natural foods purveyors, uh, producers, uh, startups, et cetera, were there. And I was walking the show floor going, wow, this is amazing. Look at all these different different uh, new companies and new food products coming out. And, and then I started thinking about it. And I went, you know, everything here is grain, fruit, or vegetable-based for the, for the mm-hmm. most part. And I mm-hmm. thought, well, I'm going to look and see if I can find any animal protein-based based foods. And I could count on one hand out of 3,000 how wow. many there were there. And I right. thought, wow, this is, this is interesting. And and I had just recently been reading some stories about the de- the recent declining numbers in decline uh, related to hunting, and I thought, what if we used a message about hunting when you look at it at that time it was sort of the early advent of of the of people becoming locavores and eating local, et cetera. Sure. And, and I said, maybe maybe this is an opportunity to address two things, and that is to connect with people who are concerned about where their food comes from and want to be more directly connected to it mm-hmm. and to introduce them to hunting as a way to do that and thereby addressing the issue of losing hunters. Yeah. And right. so, you know, created that brand around it. And then what I found was a, was a great, um, benefit of that is sort of an outcome that I, I didn't I didn't have any idea would be there is when we start conversations with people about food about what I call real food so like like the term natural food it is sort of laughed at in in the space because it doesn't really mean anything you know like there's certified organic as an example sure. which actually has mm-hmm. a Find black and white uh, criteria. Right. If you call something natural, it's pretty. It's pretty vague. It's pretty uh, wishy-washy. Sure. Um, I'll, I'll talk about real food in the same way, but I do have a, a very specific meaning behind it, and that is, and that is that um, when you go out and you and, and you you hunt that and and you gather and you go fish for something. That is the way food was intended to be versus all of the ingredients that we put in these highly processed foods that we eat these days. Sure. And that is a healthier way to, to eat. But when you start the conversation with someone, because local food, organic food, natural food is so much part of the general, the, the main conscience of society these days, mm-hmm. um, when you have a conversation about food and how 
hunting is a way to get the purest, most natural types of quote unquote real, what I'll call real food. Yeah. Um, you then start a dialogue with them around, okay, well, what, what is hunting? Why do people do it today? Don't they really not need to do that anymore? Couldn't they stop? Why would you want to kill an animal? You start to have those types of conversations. By the time you get to down the path with them and they're like, I, I'd actually like to consider hunting, you can then get into some of the other more flashpoint issues of, okay, you now need to carry a firearm and shoot a gun, which traditionally that was where the conversation often started. And in today's culture, that would put so many people off if they haven't been around guns in their yeah. life. And so starting the conversation with food, uh, it just, it creates a natural, natural flow of discussion and it, and it takes down any, um, any walls that people may have put up. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think that's an excellent point you made there. I think hunters overall do a really good job of, of treating, we'll say treating the food side of hunting with respect. But it's also, I think, a good reminder to keep it that way, you know, to to remember that, hey, the food is really what kind of legitimizes, um, you know, hunting to to the the most people. You know, when they see that we're doing exactly what you just mentioned, we're, we're taking the highest quality of food. And that's really uh, it's kind of the only way you can can do that you know in a reasonable way i mean certainly there's there's people using uh uh farming practices that that um you know kind of fall in line with that but but uh from from just being able to go out and do it yourself and kind of scratch that itch that we were talking about earlier that's that's Mm -hmm. really kind of fibered into our nature hunting it's the food that really makes brings it all together and it's it's kind of the glue you know the having the antlers and the shoulder mounts on the wall and and things like that those are great i think that they're awesome i love them but it it truly is the food where we draw that deepest uh connection and kind of glue the whole thing together i think so i think that that's a that's an excellent uh way that you guys go about that so let's 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 uh, keep talking about about modern carnivore though here with um, kind of some of the stuff that people uh, can check out. Um, it's not just you. Uh, there you kind of have a team of people who are like minded and and are passionate about uh, the mission of of getting new folks out into uh, the outdoors or even reactivating people who've tried it before and and helping them fall in love with with uh, we'll call it getting food the hard way right and mm-hmm. uh, um, can you kind of tell us about who you have on board with you at at Modern Carnivore? Yeah, so. You know, it was this this uh, modern carnivore is it's a it's primarily a digital platform that does a lot of things. We've got pod two podcasts. We do a lot of video production. We've done short films. We do um, education. We do events, things like that. Um, and it is very much a a platform for a community of voices. It is not sure, Mark yeah. Northwest. Uh, I'm in there. I'm one of the voices. But as sure. I said earlier, I'm a generalist. Um, I'm not going to, to put myself out there as the expert, uh, knowledge, knowledgeable person who is able to, to speak 
in depth on on a on a specific area. I know I know a little bit about a, a lot of things related to the. Hey, mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with mm-hmm. that. Good. <laughs> and so what I do the the design of the platform from the start has always been to have it be a community of voices. And so whether it's food, where we have Chef Lucas Leaf, who used to be uh, a, a, a professional chef for years in restaurants. He's now a conservation uh, executive director. But uh, he is our, our main chef that does a lot of the recipes. To Jamie Carlson, who is a, a uh, blogger on the site that does all food-related uh, blogging stories. Awesome. Mm. To Lee Nitzel, who's one of our lead volunteer outdoor mentors, to uh, Phil Arstead, who does a ton of uh, photography, video, etc. Every single one of those people, hardcore hunters and anglers. Mm. Uh, and, 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 but they also have specialization in different areas related to that. And so, again, it's a platform for that, that diversity of voices. And, um, and so we do that in, in, all, in all aspects of the, of, of the work we do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the coolest, and I have tuned into the podcast, it is, it is good quality stuff, excellent interviews. So, uh, when you're, when you're finished up with this episode of first gen hunter, make sure you, uh, type, uh, the modern carnivore podcast into, uh, um, the search bar there and, and pull that up. Uh, there's another podcast though too, right? Right, Mark? Yeah, we have two of them. So there's the Modern Carnivore podcast, and then we have the Outdoor Feast uh, with Todd Waldron out in New York. Um, awesome. And we just pushed one out. I just pushed uh, an episode out about uh, three hours ago. That, uh, All right. Nice. Uh, Burns and Ashley Peters, really, really good conversation that Todd had with them. That's great. Yeah, so definitely uh, seek information through that that avenue. And then another thing that I just think is, and of course, you know, this is the the teacher side of me coming out here i i think the right word here isn't just educate i think it's you guys school people on how to uh hunt because you have set up kind of a virtual classroom setting uh kind of a kind of like if you were to say you know what i think i might go back and try to earn that degree enroll in an online class that's kind of what's going on with your uh, hunting camp live project that's going on. Can you kind of explain that for us a little bit, Mark? people today's tip of the day is for you archery hunters well i guess it works for gun hunters too but especially archery hunters because we are so dependent on the range at which we're hunting from because well our weapon is pretty well limited to uh short distances and just a slight change in that distance can make a fairly significant difference in us hitting our target and that has to do with using a rangefinder. If you aren't using a rangefinder and you are bow hunting, um, I would suggest getting one. Okay. Now, here's the deal, though. You can kind of get caught up in all the gear when you're hunting. You can kind of be like just having fun playing around with it. And then all of a sudden, it always seems to happen. Rarely do I watch a deer come in from a long way, ways away. It has happened to me 
but more often it's like they just show up out of nowhere. In that moment, you may only have a couple seconds to take aim and get a good clean shot off. You don't want to mess that up by fumbling around with your rangefinder to figure out how far away the deer is. So here's your tip. Well, for all those hours you're sitting there in the stand waiting for the deer to show up, start looking at some landmarks that are close by. Something that is within normal bow range. Go ahead, pick up your rangefinder and start zapping ranges on all those landmarks that are close by. So tree at 15 yards go ahead and verify yep 15 yards little bush out at 20 yards yep you got it nail it when you have those landmarks picked out then when the deer come in you already know without even having to go to your rangefinder if it's going to be just a, a quick opportunity you can use those landmarks to go ahead and nail down that range and save yourself those precious seconds that you would have lost fumbling around with the rangefinder. Now, let's get back to part two of this interview, all about the importance of getting new hunters into the field with Mr. Mark Norquist of Modern Carnivore. So hunting camp live is is something we've we've been sort of developing behind the scenes for quite some time, and we launched it last spring. Um, and it was rather op, uh, it was it was an opportune time from the standpoint of uh, suddenly we were all confined to our homes, <laughs> trying to mm-hmm. get things to do, and this had been in development for some time. So we quickly pushed push the the go button on it yeah and did a a uh, a learn to hunt turkeys class so what it is is a an online learning portal and active community that's discussing and learning about hunting on you know and then having nice. different classes we have different classes that focus on specific issues so last spring we had the learn to hunt turkeys course it was very mm. web centric uh, this fall, we launched the Learn to Hunt Upland Birds course, awesome, uh, which is a, a little bit different. And so this is more of the model that we'll do for our signature courses, which is it's um, video-based lectures uh, and uh, downloadable guides and then conversations in the private community forums. Um, and And what we do is serve up the content in very digestible easy to easy to view bites so i the format of it how how the videos are is i go around the region and meet up with friends of mine so getting back to that that idea of i'm the generalist but i do have friends who are experts so i go visit friends who are foresters wildlife biologists uh gun ammunition manufacturers uh gunsmiths it's uh chefs etc and 
have those conversations um, shot on video in very high quality video that's entertaining and informative. And then you can engage with us and ask the questions about those topics as you go through the course. That's awesome. Yeah, I can't think of something that that would be, you know, if somebody's really needing that 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 almost a mentorship thing when they may not know of a mentor to help them, you know, which I think is a real thing that we kind of have to address here for a second. You know, you kind of talked about growing up in Minnesota. You really didn't have to look too far in Minnesota. In fact, I often call Minnesota like the the most underrated outdoorsman paradise. They, there's so much going on for yeah, our, for yeah, really. people who are outdoors minded up in in Minnesota. And here in Iowa, you don't have to look far to find a deer hunter. But you know, say somebody's uh, uh, they're living in New York City. <laughs> They might not know anybody who's ever hunted before, you know, or right. and having this kind of a an outlet kind of helps compensate for that, you know, because it brings you into contact with these folks who are experts and who who can serve as a mentorship through the the discussion side of things and and um, you know really from a like fellow classmate standpoint, I think that's an excellent. Uh, way to to get people to to stick you know to 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 establish themselves for the long term so so we've got several dozen uh volunteer outdoor mentors who are part of the hunting camp live community that are there for those for those people and and if desired we will match people up and 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 create opportunity for more direct that dialogue. Mm-hmm, if somebody mm-hmm. says, you know, hey, I want to focus on pheasant hunting. That's always been my passion of something mm-hmm. I want to do. Great. Each one of these mentors I know very well, and and I'll be able to say, you know what, John is a phenomenal pheasant hunter. Based on where you're at and what you're doing, would be a great mentor. And. Mm-hmm. As well, what we do is is you know on the back end of this. So here's the thing: all of the all of the learnings in the in the courses is for not if that person doesn't get out in the field then and practice. Yes, with, right, with yeah, right, yep. And so that's why what we do the model we've got is we connect you into your local community. And so as an example, it's funny you bring up the New York example. Because uh, I was invited out to New York uh, a year ago this last fall. Okay. I think it was last fall. I don't remember when. No, it, <laughs> it, it could have been a year ago. I think it was. I think it was a year ago this fall. So it was. It was the fall of 2019. Okay. And um, I was invited out to Brooklyn, New York, to speak on the issue of new hunters who live in urban areas. And so wow. <laughs> I facilitated a discussion on how, what are the challenges if you live in a big city mm. like New York yeah. City. And, uh, right. and it was interesting because you guys would have loved it because oh, I mean, yeah. it was, we were talking about, you know, well, okay, suppose I could get a gun, which is hard enough in New York, but then how do I transport that gun <laughs> yeah. to get to a hunting location? Yeah, right. Uh, and so all kinds of things, but those are the types of things that were designing this to be so that we've got a bunch of people out in new york who are part of the platform you know we got todd in upstate new york who's who runs one of the podcasts and and we're always looking for those regionalized issues and opportunities that are there and making those connections with people because that's critical we just got it we've got to get people tapped in at the local level 
Yes. Yeah. That's a excellent idea. It's a it's a great model. I think you know you really really answering try to trying to foresee what the questions are and answering them uh, for people because sometimes you don't really know where to look you know, and and sometimes the questions are so off the wall strange like that that you wouldn't even think of you know we don't we don't really have to think about that here in the middle of nowhere but mm-hmm. but um in a, in a place like new york city yeah that's a very real thing you need to make sure you have figured out or you might find yourself uh, uh with a uh a weapons charge on your record for <laughs> yeah, just trying exactly. to go just trying to go uh do some waterfowl hunting or something so yeah that's that's uh that's really a a great model well what what besides uh um hunting camp live what other big projects should uh listeners kind of keep an eye out for if you're coming up well we'll be um one we've got coming up this winter that people keep their eyes peeled for, which I think they'll they'll be really intrigued by because most people have probably never done this, uh, and that is uh, spearing through the ice. And in Ooh. essence, in essence, hunting for fish. That is cool. Uh, and so uh, it's right now the working name is uh, hardwater hunters, mm. and. Um, and so um, we've got there's there's content we've like got that. out there already. You know we've got a video on the YouTube channel that's that's uh, a fun little snippet to show people what what uh, uh, winter spearing is like. And uh, and so we're just going to put a focus on it. It's one of those things where I think not not a ton of people will be able to to go do it, but they might want it. They might be so intrigued by it where they'll want to go find out where they can yeah, do it. Definitely. In a yeah. Right. One of those places, uh, Wisconsin, Michigan. Um, I was just talking with, with Todd, Todd Waldron, who, who again is the host of the outdoor feast podcast. We were just talking the other day and he was looking into it in New York and it doesn't appear that there is a, a winter season there. You can do a spring spearing for certain certain fish, like uh, um, I think uh, freshwater cod and some other some other fish. Okay. But uh, but yeah, so it's mm-hmm. it's uh, it's going to be it's going to be a fun series that we do. So we'll do a, 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 a series of, of content. Uh, I've got a writer, one of my writers, John Kachorik who's a passionate, passionate, uh, spear fisherman, uh, is going is been nice. researching different things on the history of, of spearing, which, um, if, you know, people maybe have seen some of the folk art aspects of it, uh, where, yeah. um, you know, decoys as an example, there's a whole folk art industry around it. And of course, sure. everybody's grumpy old men, right? Is that- <laughs> 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 so, so that's one of the things we got coming up. That is cool. I I'm definitely interested in that. I, I'm going to check that video out tonight when we're done recording. That Hardwater Hunters. I like that. That's a that's a good catchy name. Yeah, it's catchy. I like that. Kind of jealous. I didn't use that for like you know an article title or something. But I'm just <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's cool. That's really cool. You can make some good T-shirts with that too. You know, I'd def- right. yeah, I'd definitely buy one. So before we kind of shift to the back end of our conversation here before uh, we wrap it up tonight uh, real quick how can uh, people track down modern carnivore yeah so um, the main blog website is modcarn.com that's short for modern carnivore 
you could also go to moderncarnivore.com if you would like. But uh, modcarn.com is is the main blog, and you can link off to a lot of things on that. Uh, The other would be Hunting Camp Live, and that's huntingcamp.live. Okay. Is, uh, is the URL there. And those are the two main properties, and you can link off to all of our social channels. I mean, we've got, you know, from YouTube channels to Facebook groups to uh, to other things, so you can you can link off of those those two properties. That would be the sure. way to do it. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And I'll put those I'll put those links in the show, show notes to make sure people know to check them out, and 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 they can uh, just click there on those hyperlinks and and get right to. Um, modern carnivore and and see what's going on there and again if you are a new hunter that's listening in and you find yourself in need of some deeper training we'll say or even uh you you don't yet have that mentor um in your life that can kind of help you along and point you in a good local place to get going on on either hunting more maybe even hunting for a first time or or trying a new uh species uh, chasing after a new species of game and, and needing a different type of landscape to do that go to modern carnivore and and definitely check out hunting camp live it would be you know it's one of those things where it's it's a really a small investment now that could totally change the rest of your life as a hunter you know, and, and, um, just having that good foundation to grow out of, um, Mm -hmm. as, as you, uh, progress in your, in, in your life as a hunter. So definitely, definitely check out modern carnivore there. Well, uh, Mark, as we, um, uh, work towards the end of the show tonight, um, let's, let's talk about kind of a, you know, we talked about it a little bit before we, we really got into modern carnivore, but let's just kind of talk about this question a little bit. What do you think needs to happen for someone to stick with hunting? Um, we've talked a little bit about the importance of the mentors in our lives, and um, we've talked a little bit about, you know, the, the food side of things and, and how that that um, kind of brings everything full circle. Uh, but what else, you know, just maybe nuts and bolts kind of things do you think uh, need to happen, need to fall into place for someone to really stick with it? Yeah, it's a, it's a tough question. I think it's, it's, um, it's different based on the person, based on the situation. But I think I would say that some of the things that need to happen for someone to stick with it, I think obviously they need to enjoy it at mm, some point. Yeah. They need to have yeah. some enjoyment in it, uh, yeah. and that that enjoyment I think is 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 key, especially early on. And I think you know oftentimes we talk about with kids. You know, we we focus just on adults at Modern Carnivore, mm-hmm. but you know with kids it's like keeping keeping the experience short. Don't don't wear them yeah. out. Don't don't yeah, overstay. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I think it applies to adults too, though. And and um, and I think you need to start start slow. Um, mm-hmm. Introduce to some of the uh, some of the things that um, that are maybe more enjoyable. But that said, um, I think we need to primarily, with somebody who is new, listen to what they might be interested in, yeah. and then mm. tailor experiences around that. 
Yeah. And I'll yeah. give you one. I'll give you one example to that. That something where, you know, I'm learning something new every day since since I started this journey myself. Yes. Uh, and one of the things I never could have guessed, if you would have asked me this ten years ago, I I, I would have thought you were crazy. Um, but when when it comes to things like um, butchering a deer, mm. uh, processing a deer, field dressing, yeah. Um, yeah, that's generally thought of as something that we may want to put out there, and it's and it can be a little bit maybe disgusting is what people would think, and maybe difficult to do. There's obviously a lot of sensory experience. Yes. <laughs> and if that's the first time you've stuck your hands into the carcass of a large yep. camel, it is, it can, it can be tough. Yeah. Uh, that being said, I will tell you, so uh, we did a film a few years ago, a seven part short film called awaken the hunter within where we okay. followed three adults on their entire journey into the hunting world. Mm, sure. And one of those people, Pierce, uh, when I asked him about on the back end of it, what was the most enjoyable part of the process? He said, oh, hands down, it was the butchering of the deer. Mm-hmm. And I thought, really? Tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, and, and now, granted, we did take him on a grouse hunt that was really, really brutal. We went through a lot of thick woods. So oh, no. <laughs> at the top of his list. Um, <laughs> but for him, his enjoyment or his purpose and meaning that came out of this process, I believe, was seeing how this animal was converted into food. Huh. Yeah. In one of his eyes. Yeah. And he found it fascinating and mm. to find where the different cuts of meat come from. And so for some people, their enjoyment might come out of that purpose and, and awareness. And, and you guys talked about this earlier. I mean, there are, again, a traditional belief, I think, erroneous belief uh, by previous generations was we got to get that person on, on the game as quickly as possible so they can get right. a shot and have success. Yeah, uh, I can tell you so many examples of people who could care less if they bagged an animal. They yeah. just want yeah. that. That's their enjoyment is learning yeah. about it and that's being right. out yes. there, being part of it. And so yeah. that's where it comes back to. I would say probably one of the most important things to getting somebody to stick with it is for us in the hunting community today to listen to those people who might be interested and then to help them achieve the goals that they want to achieve, which we can't, we can't pretend to know what they are. They're going to be different for each person. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love, I love that you mentioned that Mark. And, you know, I think one of the things that it, that can be easy, you know, when we talk about, you know, listening, you know, listening is a hard thing to do, you know, and, and sometimes, and, and when you combine that with, having to share your time, you know, with someone, you know, combining those two things together, I think is important, but it's it's sometimes difficult to help under, help people understand the need to do that. What would you say, you know, is the most helpful thing that like us veteran hunters can do, you know, how can we be most helpful in this arena to, to try to facilitate these things? Great question. 
Yeah. Um, if those of us who hunt today could do one thing, uh, it sounds trite. Maybe it sounds maybe, uh, I don't know. People might sort of chuckle at it, but if each one of us could go take one person out this year and introduce yeah. one new person, mm. yep. um, we would, we would go a long ways toward solving this, this problem. And, and I think that's something I'd want to leave with everybody who does hunt today is start conversations with people at yeah. work, school, at, in, at church, wherever, Yes, and, yeah. and just ask him, hey, do you hunt? No, I don't. Oh, really? You, you ever thought about it? Um, yeah. You know, start slow, but just sort of warm people up to the idea. And it'll probably take you 10, 15, 20 people to, to yeah. have that conversation to find one who will say, yeah, you know what? I, I have thought about starting. And there you go. Now you're on yeah. your way. Um, yeah. And that's what, we, that's what I would encourage everybody to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I really, I really appreciate that you, you're saying that. And, you know, I, one thing that I think is, is really interesting is, you know, people many times can feel like, you know, it's, this is my time. I want to get out, you know, it's, it's, you know, my time to relax, whatever. But uh, what's I think very interesting is, you know, we've, Kent and I have talked about this in the past and we've touched on it even a little bit tonight. Um, you know, when you share experiences in the outdoors, it doesn't take away from your enjoyment. It, it amplifies your enjoyment. Yeah. And, you know, so when you're able to, like you said, make these connections with people and, and, you know, get them into it, you know, it's, it's not taking away from your experience. It's actually adding to your experience. So not only are you helping another individual get into it, which is amazing, but you're also enjoying it more yourself. And, you know, and so I think it's important for us veteran hunters to understand that, you know, that when we take time to invest in other people, man, it's, it's a win-win situation, you know, and, and I know I've experienced that. And obviously Mark, you've experienced that. And, you know, just the ability to pour ourselves into someone and to see them be successful, not successful necessarily in the sense of, oh, how many deer did you get, but successful in learning in enjoying and, you know, falling in love with the outdoors. I mean, there's something that's very powerful about that, that, you know, really supersedes even ourselves as experienced hunters. Oh, Hey, did you get a, did you get a, a, a wall hanger this year? Did you, you know, you know, maybe I didn't, but man, I was able to mentor someone and now they love the outdoors, you know? So helping people redefine what true success as a, a veteran hunter means, you know, I think is really important as well. Yeah, no, I could, couldn't agree more. I, I, I can tell you there are so many people I know it might have been a little reluctant on the front end to to, mm. to take somebody out, and now are are addicted to it as much as they are to hunting itself, and they just they, right. they get so much out of it, exactly like you said. Yes, gets they, they they're rewarded for it, and so yeah, I, yes. I would, you know, and that's where I think I'd just ask people, you know, try it once, and and yeah, and try to get one person out and see what see what happens, see what the experience yes. is like. Well yeah. said. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, Mark, as we uh, close down here, what are your hunting plans for this fall? Oh, man. You know, <laughs> that's actually a good segue <laughs> because I, ever since I started this this venture and, and now with, with new projects like Hunting Camp Live, 
uh, and and two young kids at home. We've got it. My wife and I have a nine year old and an eleven year old. Oh man, it gets yeah, harder you're busy. And harder every year for me to get out. <laughs> but uh, so as an example, last week last week was uh, was our waterfall op- opener here in Minnesota, mm-hmm. uh, which is a big tradition with my brothers and I. Uh, we've got a hunting hunting shack up in north central Minnesota, and we mm. always open her there. And uh, I missed it because I was over in Wisconsin with all these new uh, new grouse hunters. And so uh, it was a it was a sacrifice, but it was one that needed to be made. But uh, I will be uh, I will be getting up north and doing all that to say I'm I'm going to try to be doing a lot of uh, upland hunting this fall because that That's is the awesome. focus of this course we got out there right now. So yeah. I'm going to actually head up probably boundary waters and do some grouse hunting some woodcock hunting soon that's awesome uh nice. central minnesota and then um and then i, I never miss deer opener for uh, sure. that's, that's big tradition for us at our at our uh, hunting shack and so uh that that's the base basic plan i i'm not going to do any big trips out of state this this year it uh, as much as i'd like to head west and and do an elk hunt um i'm gonna i'm gonna be here staying close to home yeah Sometimes just just sticking to your roots. When I go out and and I'm hunting pheasants or sitting in a tree stand in Iowa or even sitting on the ground sometimes like you know ground hunting for deer, you know, mm-hmm. you, you just look at the landscape and it's like, man, I love where I live. And and you know, you just feel that that love for where you're from and where your roots are and so yeah you know a lot of times we do kind of think about you know i want to go west i want to hunt elk i want to hunt a moose but um you know some there's just this nostalgia and this peace that i think that comes from hunting where where you're familiar with the territory and you have that lifelong connection to it and and who knows maybe that that's all that goes into that that kind of primal urge to hunt that we talked about earlier too you know kind of kind of um knowing that hey this is where this is where i'm settled in and and where i belong so i don't think there's anything wrong with that at all i think that that's a that's a wonderful fall hunting season you have planned well well mark um you're a busy guy you got you you i'm sure have other things to do this evening and uh we we are just so thankful that you're willing to come on the show and share share your passion i mean i man i think it's so obvious just just listening to to what you have to say that you you do it not for yourself you do it because um you want to see other people find that enjoyment and find that connection and that that sense of belonging and and certainly that's that's why brandon and i do what we do you know it's yeah I tried it even before I was doing first gen hunter. I was, I was always asking people, Hey, you want to go hunting? Hey, you want to learn how to hunt? You want to, and it was, it was just because I knew they would, they would probably really like it and they would probably, you know, find something that, uh, that, that just hit them in a way that was totally different than anything else they'd ever done. And, um, you know, just bring that different type of satisfaction and fulfillment. So, I know that's why why you do what you do there at Modern Carnivore, and and a sincere thank you to not only coming on our show tonight, but to uh, giving back to the outdoor community. Well, hey, uh, back at you guys, uh, Kent, Brandon. It uh, it's been fun to to have this conversation with you. Thank you for all that you guys are doing in this space and uh, bringing new people out. Uh, Brandon, you just tonight, <laughs> and so. Yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> Keep up well, the hey, great it's, 
<laughs> it's a it's a team, you know, it's a team. We, you know, and like you said, I love what you said. You know, if everyone could commit to to getting one and, and encouraging them to get into it, I mean, wow, think of the difference that we can make. So we appreciate your encouragement so much. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks, guys. And uh, we'll have to have, have you over here in Minnesota sometime. Anytime you want to come over and, and go for a hunt or go fishing, let me know. Hey, I will definitely, okay, I will definitely yes, take sir. you up on Thank that. Thank you. <laughs> and and uh, let me know if you ever want to chase a big old Iowa bruiser sometime. Hey, so. I'd be up for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, we got to get you back on the show too sometime, Mark. This is this is a lot of fun and and really uh, feels feels good to talk with somebody who's got the same mission. So you have a great night and an excellent fall, and good luck with everything going on at Modern Modern Carnivore. Everyone tuning in, please check out Mark and his team. Uh, head over to modcarn.com and those of you who are new hunters definitely get to it's it's huntingcamp.live correct mm-hmm. correct huntingcamp.live.com go and get yourself educated right and uh know how to how to find uh you know more fulfillment in the outdoors than you ever have before and of course Brandon as always thank you so much for for tuning in sir and, and Pleasure, uh, sir. Um, offering the uh the voice of reason on this podcast <laughs> pleasure sir all right so who's on your list to take hunting this year Maybe it's you. I hope this interview has inspired you to share the outdoors with others this year. Whether you have been hunting for 50 years, 5 years, or this is your first year, your participation and the participation of others is important. And I hope this podcast has helped you find more success and enjoyment in your hunting pursuits. Speaking of hunting pursuits, please be sure to check out thehuntfishlife.com And follow the links to the HFL pages to see all of the latest hunting happenings going on at that page. Brandon and his team have all kinds of great content for you. Please also check out Mark and his team at modcarn.com and especially head over to huntingcamp.live if you're a new hunter and take advantage of all the great resources they have for you there. Finally, Head over to firstgenhunter.com and check out all the other additional first-gen hunter content as well as the links to all the first-gen hunter social media pages like Facebook, Go Wild, and Instagram. Finally, make sure you subscribe to the First Gen Hunter YouTube channel. Rumor is there's a new hunting vlog episode coming up here real soon, so keep an eye out for that. Well... Hunting season is in full swing, and I hope you are taking in every last second you can and learning something new each time you enter the field. And don't forget, when you do go, take care and take someone hunting.